Hi, my name is Daniel Baco, and welcome to Cuyamaca Conversations. I'm a student in the music industry seminar class at Cuyamaca College. Today we have Nico Castro, who is a DJ and a breakdancer. We will be discussing how he got into both professions and how he's been getting through COVID and what allows him to be successful at what he does. And without further ado, here we go. All right, Nico, it's good to see you again, man. You know, I mean, it's over Zoom, but I appreciate you being here. Daniel, thank you so much for having me, man. How's everything? Everything's been going, you know, as good as it can be. You know, COVID's put a real damper on school, but, you know, I'm trying to make the best of it. And I'm assuming you are too. So, I mean, you you seem like you've been doing well for yourself. I've been trying to do the same. You know, we each have rough times there, but I, that's pretty much everyone going on right now, you know? Yes. So, uh, let's just get started. I, um, first question, I'd like to say... Um, how long have you been living here in San Diego? Yeah, uh, I grew up in an adjacent city within San Diego County. I grew up in Poway. And then I moved around the rest of North County, San Diego. I spent some time in San Marcos when it was just developing in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. And then I ended up living in Escondido for a little bit, lived in Poway again, ended up moving to Strips Ranch, then living in La Jolla just for a tiny bit. And I spent three and a half years in Long Beach, at Cal State Long Beach, and then I worked my way back down to San Diego. Wow, um, so you you know the regions, man. You've been all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, so uh, that's actually pretty cool. So you know the different scenes when it comes to what you do, and um, leading into that, what um, what do you do when it comes to music? Yeah, and for music in particular, um, I am a DJ. Um, I run a weekly radio show for this media channel called Stance Elements. Oh, awesome. Um, and it's fairly new. It started in probably April of this year. But prior to that, I began DJing maybe four or five years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and a lot of it stemmed from musical background in just having a childhood with a lot of uncles that were into jazz, into blues, into bands and kind of nurturing that year. Um, for a while, I had maybe three or four years of piano experience and then three years of guitar experience and just being in the space and vicinity of a lot of uncles that love to jam out. So That's awesome. Yeah, rhythm was always kind of with me. Is there any uh, name that you go by to where we could find you uh, anywhere for your DJ stuff? Uh, just Nico Castro. Um, you can also look up Stance Radio, and I also am a co-founder and director of a music collective based in the Poway Saber Springs area, and it's called Flavor Springs. So well, that's, that's really cool. Uh, thank you for that. And um, I realize you're primarily a dancer, and yes. those two obviously correlate. So did you become a dancer before a DJ, or what made you decide to become a dancer in that regard? Yeah, all of them kind of had parallels, and they all related to each other in the beginning. So going back to that childhood era with all those uncles that love jamming out and introduced me to blues introduced me to improv introduced me to a lot of jazz music um, i also had cousins that were within my age group that were into the trending street dance movies they liked you got serve back yeah. in 2005 2006 and then i also had cousins that were into the america's best dance crew generation um, so kind of having that background and that sense of rhythm always had me intrigued by the dynamics of movement always had me intrigued by the dynamics of martial arts so whenever there was like a family party all the cousins would probably put on a martial arts movie and they'd be rolling around the carpet 
or trying to do handstands in the front yard. So I've always kind of had that lean towards music and movement. And they always just kind of came together. And hip hop music was just kind of the fusion of everything because there were breakers in the music videos. There were dance shows. There were competitions. So yeah, I've, I've always been attracted to all of it. So they all complemented each other. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that would uh, come together. You know, musicians always got to find another outlet for their stuff. So being a dancer, I'm the same way as you. That's what allows my brain to turn off. Just let it flow. Is there any specific moment that you can remember where you said, all right, I'm going to be a dancer or I'm going to be a DJ. Was there any like tipping point that made sense to you that you can remember specifically? For dance in particular, it wasn't until I was 12 years old. I was first exposed to hip hop culture around nine or 10. Um, Through a series of events, my family would go to this 4th of July celebration in Mira Mesa at the Recreation Center. Oh, wow. Since like 2004 at the Mira Mesa Recreation Center, they had a hip hop event. So there were DJs, there were breaking competitions, there were poppers and lockers, there was graffiti wall exhibitions, there were rappers and through that exposure and even a cousin having turntables, it's always kind of been placed in my life. So it had all the elements of its origins. So that's good to know. That's really cool. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was 12 years old, I went through a couple of family and life transitions, a couple of family members passed away for various reasons. But <clears throat> after moving from town to town within San Diego County, um, I had to figure out how to socially survive being the new kid at different schools. Right. And one of the ways that I thought was going to be a healthy avenue was trying to get people's approval. And the one thing that I felt like could stand out in conversation was breaking. Um, I had some experience with older cousins trying to teach me how to break dance, trying to learn how to windmill, or trying to learn how to do that rubber band move, that type yeah. of thing. And I felt like that if I can accomplish doing those moves, then I'd probably get people's attention. I'd feel affirmed and validated when in reality, it was just kind of wanting to get attention. Yeah. Um, but once I was at a different middle school, there was a after school activities instructor or teacher. She asked me, what kind of floor do you break dancers dance on? And then I told her, I, based on YouTube comments and a rabbit hole <laughs> of breakdance videos, someone said linoleum. And then I came back that following Monday morning and then that dance inst- or that school teacher, she gave me a whole like eight by 10 piece of linoleum. And she said, Hey, you should start a club. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't see how significant that was at the time. And I was just like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. So I ended up starting a club and then there were a bunch of other kids that started joining the club because it looked fun. And weeks later or months later, a bunch of other kids are breaking and they start making progress. And if they're making progress, that meant that they were getting attention. If they're getting attention, that means that's the attention that I wanted because I had social issues. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so then at the every same day, time, you were pioneering, but you were jealous because you weren't getting attention because yeah. they were getting it and you weren't the popular kid or whatever. So yeah. Yep. So with those issues, that made me go home every single day and just train. So I was scavenging the internet for breaking videos, for tutorials, for anything that can give me an insight on how to get better. And by the time I knew it, I totally forgot about chasing people's validation. I just got obsessed with learning Getting move better. after move, after move, after move. And then even at 12, I was somehow able to 
strategically find some structure of, okay, by watching all these videos, I do want to reach the top of this industry. I don't know what the top of the industry is, but I'm going to figure out how to get there. Right. And just by dedicating like, my entire teenhood to dance and being a successful competitive break dancer, a competitive b-boy, hip-hop dancer, hip-hop artist, that meant a lot of exposure to all the elements. So then time and time again, after competitions and in just enjoying the music and enjoying all the elements that come with it, DJing kept falling into my lap. It kept popping up. Um, I had crew members that had turntables and it wasn't until maybe I was 17, 18 years old. One of my mentors, just one of my dearest crewmates or brothers to me. Um, What's his name? Living, the mentor. Yeah. His name is Corey Howell, also known Corey as Howell. Y-Rock. Okay. Yeah. He even has a book published and it's called The Book of Five Cyphers. Um, and it talks about the different elements that coexist within the world of breaking. Um, and yeah, you might want to look that up. That's pretty cool. Would you recommend oh. it to our listeners? Yes, definitely. The Book of Five Cyphers by Corey Howell. Awesome. Um, talks about training, but whatever field you're in, if you're a movement artist, if you're an athlete, if you're an artist in general, it addresses the correlation between movement, art, and earth. Wind, and just how it all, just fire. how it all correlates together. Yes. Connections. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and so if, you don't, stuff. if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 24 years old. 24. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I got you beat by four years and you're still going, man. Good for you. <laughs> Doing my best. Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah, really so good. It wasn't until like around 19, 20 years old um, that crewmate. I'm sorry, around 18 years old, that crewmate, he ended up moving to Hawaii for a year. And he said, when he moves, he needs some place to bring his turntables or to leave his turntables. So he dropped them off to me. He taught me the fundamentals of turntables, of juggling, of backspinning, um, basically learning how to maneuver and manipulate songs and transition from one song to the next, but still storytelling at the same time. Um, but at the time, Breaking was just so on my radar. I stepped away from it. It just kind of sat at the house. So I took that moment for granted. But it wasn't until I was 19 or 20 that my girlfriend at the time, and still to, till today, um, I expressed that I did want to get into DJing. Um, just because as long as I'm pursuing this breaking thing, that means I want to be an artist. That means I want to be a well-rounded artist. I want to learn everything I can to amplify that one thing, whether it's dance specifically or whether it's becoming a musician in itself. And I've always been a fan of storytelling. So Yeah, I can see that. This is going really well. <laughs> but so now that we got the intro into dancing, how did your dancing, well, you mentioned a little bit of history about your mentor, but how did dancing lead into your DJ career now? And before answering that one, what, how did you break into the industry to begin with? But after your teenhood, going into from your late teens, to your 20s um how i broke into my, my career i think a lot of it was established from breaking specifically to be honest when i first started djing i had this slight hesitation in how i wanted to present myself why is it was that? putting out mixes mainly because i didn't want breaking to be the reason why i was recognized as a dj and a lot of the work opportunities i got in the beginning it was surely because I was recognized within my breaking community and I had that insecurity for maybe a year and a half. Because you didn't want to ride on the coattails of your breaking 
because you wanted to be known, you know, as a DJ as well. You didn't, even though they correlate, you wanted to be well known in both communities separately. Yeah. But then it wasn't until I had to take some reflecting and I really had to step back and realize that if I want to stand out in this industry, I have to accept and I have to love everything that makes me, me. So if that means that I'm a DJ that comes from a breaking background, I'm going to embrace it. But I, to be honest, I think that insecurity came from, yeah, it came from that expectation that I don't want this to define me as this. I don't want this to be a second place thing. I want to be an artist. I want to be a musician and I want to be a dancer. So for other artists, um, musicians alike that are listening to this, would you say being able to accept yourself would be the best advice you can give someone from your perspective? Definitely. Learning how to love yourself and learning how not to judge yourself. Because a lot of times that judgment or that expectation as an artist, that prevents you from putting out that next piece of work, putting out right. that next mix. And you know, we're our own worst critic. Yep. So yeah, it, it, those, that sense of judgment or that mentality could definitely hold you back. And it could be a detriment to putting out that next piece of work that not might be for yourself, but it might inspire someone else. Yeah. Since everyone else is different and finding that self-love and that self-acceptance is different process for everybody. How did you get to that? How did you go through that process and get to where you are now? I think that realization comes from a sense of reflecting, but that can only be done after feeling insane or getting insane because I'm producing the same results, right? right? Whether it was getting work opportunities as a DJ or getting more engagement on like the next mix that I put out or that anyone puts out um, and getting frustrated that it would stay the same. It's learning to be okay that it might not be the first mix that gets you that work opportunity. It might not be the second, it might not be 263. It might be 511, right? right? Learning how to change the expectation that you have to chase this, resu this result, but more so instead, love the process. Love the process of making music, love the process of mixing music, love the process of storytelling through music, rather than beating yourself up about attaining this result that will hopefully get you the approval of someone else when sometimes those expectations don't really exist. Right. Um, and I think that even stems back to that childhood issue I had when I was moving from town to town was I was always looking for the attention or the approval of someone else. Right. And it would be taking away from the fact of just creating and living in art and loving music in itself. Right. Um, I think those are some of the internal struggles that an artist deals with a lot of the times, right? Is exactly. The ego. And like you said, that critique. So um, how are you getting through the COVID pandemic right now? What are you doing to keep yourself, you know, sane? How are you doing with the art process, both DJing and dancing? What are you doing to get through this? Yeah. Um, in this time I've been learning, learning how to diversify my skills on and off the floor and in and out of the speakers or the headphones. So whether that's learning more financial literacy based off of YouTube and Google searches and blogs, whether it's, yeah, financial literacy or learning how to invest or learning how to, yeah, basically learning how to well-round myself in every single area or every single industry so I can focus more on dance or so I can focus more on music 
Um, but I think diversifying my skills is the short way of saying it. Yeah. Are you working on any DJing mixes right now? Any original stuff? Are you collaborating with anybody about dancing and DJing right now? Yeah. Uh, at this moment, even today, probably after, after this podcast, I'm going to post on Instagram three remixes, um, just more so mashups of some vocals plus a nice beat or a nice bounce. Um, and I'm going to share that on my platforms. Other than that, I'm running that weekly radio show for Stance Elements called Stance Radio. Yeah, that's, that's um, awesome. Oh, where can we find your stuff? Yeah, you can find it on SoundCloud. You can look up Nico Spins, my account names for a majority of my personal brands. And you can look up Stance Radio. And if you want to see my other mixes with the rest of my DJ collective or music collective, you can look up Flavor Springs. So all of that is on SoundCloud. And you can find more personal updates on Instagram. I'm posting there almost every day. That's awesome. And uh, for those who want to get to know you better, I noticed that... Um, for my personal info, I was actually looking to, uh, before the pandemic and lockdown, I was actually looking forward to asking you to get lessons on breakdancing. I noticed that you offered that before the pandemic. If those were still offered after the pandemic, could they contact you through those means? Of course. Yeah. And I'm still doing those. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. And um, how long have you been doing the private lessons? Um, I became very intentional about private lessons around 2017. I started learning how to, learning to teach back in 2013 um, when I was in high school. Uh, one of the local studios called Studio FX in Mir Mesa slash Miramar Road, she, the director and owner of the company gave me a slot to start teaching kids every single week. And then it wasn't until I was in college, I started teaching an after-school elementary school program. And I would even teach at our collegiate breaking club every now and then. And then through that, around 2017, I realized that I wanted to start my own program. So I started my first company and that was called Break 5-8 in 2017. And I offered private breaking lessons of all skill levels and all age groups throughout San Diego County, all the way to LA. And then it wasn't until the end of last year, I decided to terminate that company and launch everything more at a higher scale and professional level of dance and movement art. And it's a part of this collective called The Crossroads. Um, we run a weekly podcast as well, and we interview accomplished and unique individuals, kind of the people who, whether they specialize in dance or specialize in DJing, but they also happen to be an astrophysicist that went to Berkeley, or they happen to be a poet, or they happen to be something, right? Something way on the opposite side. Yeah. So we're interviewing people like that all the time. And yeah, since then, um, we started a movement art department, spe like specifically with dance. And I'm providing private lessons to those, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or a small group, um, but it's more geared towards those that are, looking to enter the competitive aspect of breaking or they want to learn a specific skill within breaking and all the related dance styles. But that's where I'm at with that. That's amazing. And you're still San Diego based? Yes, sir. And are you right now to finish it off? Are you working on any plans to expand from San Diego? Um, as of right now, since everyone's going virtual, I guess we've already expanded. If there's someone that wants private lessons in Canada, we're more than well, we're more than happy to set up something on Zoom. Um, yeah, all this virtual stuff is the truth and it's our re reality right now. So I guess 
everyone has had to expand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being here and it was good meeting you the first time and it's great meeting you the second time. I can't wait for us to meet again. Yeah. Daniel, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And you have a good rest of your day. You too, my man. Take care.